shooter. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And you yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. Everyone know that uh, we are back once again. Obviously, I don't know if you heard the last couple episodes. I've been really anti-intro, but we got a guest this week. My man Ben Price is here with us. We're gonna—I mean, if you want to say hey, that would be great, so it doesn't sound like I'm crazy. Oh, hey everybody! Yeah, there we go. There we go. At least now I don't sound like I'm nuts. Um, we have Ben coming in. I. Him and I just don't get to talk enough, and I just figured, hey, why don't you come join us for a podcast? Uh, we'll have some fun. You know, Tarek's on his way. He'll uh, he'll be here in a couple of minutes. Guy just got home and, and is getting everything all settled up. But I uh, just wanted to let everyone know that if you guys remember, I used to have a little bit of a solo podcast go called Matt Chats, and. I stopped doing them, one, because I ran out of people to kind of talk with, but also because I just, like, didn't really know what I was doing with it anymore. Needless to say, I went to go visit my friend Brett a couple weeks ago, and he was kind of annoyed that I don't do them anymore. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't even think anyone liked them. I I really didn't. Um, Because I just, I didn't really get a lot of feedback on them. Uh, and so I got, I think that was probably part of it too. I just kind of felt a little self-conscious, like what the heck am I doing? But, uh, just want to let everyone know that I've kind of been reinvigorated over the last two weeks, been thinking about it a lot, trying to figure out how I could implement them again, thought up a new kind of style. Like I'm still going to have guests, but I want to tackle more broad subjects, maybe have some interviews intertwined in, um, I think it's going to be a good time. And I don't know when they're going to drop. Uh, it's going to be a while, I think, because what I'd like to do is say have someone like Ben on for one where I talk about... Uh, what are, I have to pull up this stupid list now. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Uh, what do I got on here? I got things like you know family, the environment, mental illness, uh, vices, um, you know, small town versus big city mentalities, um, positivity. Attitude and positivity, that's one that I want Ben to be on, um, because for many that maybe don't know, I used to be a very negative person, and Ben is actually the guy who helped me see that, well, I mean, I knew that I was, he just helped me see it in a more practical way, and has actually been a huge influence on me being a more positive person on a daily basis, so, you know, these are the kind of topics that I want to tackle, I want to get different people's perspectives, and like I said, intertwine some, you know, 20 minutes to half an hour interviews uh, into them and maybe make them a little bit more long form. Like, I want to give you my thoughts just uh, before I talk to anyone that has the opportunity to, like, influence my opinions. So I might kind of riff for, I don't know, say a half hour just by myself thinking about these things and giving you a breakdown of my opinions of it. And then maybe it'll flow into an interview and then it'll go back to me and then it'll go to another one or maybe it's just one. Or, who knows? You know, I, I don't even fully know what it's going to look like yet. But um, just trying to think up, you know, new ways that, uh, you know, we can maybe think about some of these broader topics, but, you know, come into some specifics and come in with some people's points of view um 
that obviously you guys have never heard of maybe or or met before but that's always been my goal with that is so that a guy like Ben can meet people that I grew up with and people I grew up with can meet Ben and you know the worlds kind of collide even though they've they've never met and uh yeah I I hope that that's something you guys are on board with and and like I said I don't know when they're going to come out it'll probably not be until you know the fall I want to conduct a lot of these interviews first and then Matt's got to get back into editing, which he doesn't do a lot of right now because Tarek's our editor. So I'll uh, I'll have to get back into that and, and splicing up the, the recording so that it sounds all good. But um, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see what we'll see what comes of them. I'll I'll try out a few, see if people like them, and if they do, I'll continue to go keep going forward. So, anyways, what do you think about that, Ben? You like that idea? No. No, I do. I do. Um, I know you're a fan of uh, Joe Rogan. And you've uh, slowly won me over to him. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate those long-form interviews, especially, like, I don't listen to all of them, but I do, when I see someone that I'm interested in, I definitely listen to them. And when I have the time, it is enjoyable just to, yeah, hear them not just in a, a brief five-minute five, five minute snippet, but actually, like, some long thoughts. So I, I like that idea. Dude, I appreciate that. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm just trying to find things, not necessarily that stimulate because here's the reality. I'm not an expert at, like, anything except maybe you know how to look up sports stats that might be the only thing i have any expertise in and even that i'm probably a bit of an amateur at compared to those that are actually getting paid to do that crap but the reality is is like i don't know i just want to learn and i think i have a very diverse group of people in my life um who can give me a bit of expertise in some of these more technical areas but also i just think it's good to get like perspective from different people on different subjects you know from different backgrounds and and ways of life and whatnot so for instance one of them that i thought about was family and i'm gonna go see my brother over thanksgiving i think and me and my brother i mean we're brothers but we're not like we're not super close by any means we don't talk regularly we text but you know we're not on the phone chatting with one another we don't keep up like on a really consistent basis and so I'm going to try and talk to him and see if he'll like sit down and do a bit of an interview. And nice. I I don't know if he'll do it. I doubt he will, but I have I'm holding out this hope that maybe he'll be like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And we'll just sit at the table and maybe have a beer and and shoot the breeze and see what comes of it. But uh yeah, we'll we'll see. But here's Tarek kind of trying to come join our call here. We'll see if this works. Oh, dang it. Um, <laughs> Matt's got to try and figure out a way to get Tarek in on this. I think Tarek yo, is yo, on yo. There we go. There he is. Nice. There we go. Ben Price. Tarek, bud. See you, man. I'm good. I'm wow. good. T, that just is... so you're aware, we are seven minutes into this recording. I just well, I dropped mean, a... I texted you like seven oh, minutes ago. No, you didn't. <laughs> you, text, you, you texted me nine minutes ago, sir. That's what I'm saying. My bad. My bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Dude, Ben's video quality is already better than yours. What's going on, man? How dare you, Ben's? Well, just... you know what? Here's the thing, Tarek. He's using a Mac, so no wonder that quality's so up there, you know? Aren't you using a Mac? Well, yeah, I am, yeah, but... Uh, well, I don't know. It seems I like don't know what to tell you. Probably just garbage internet and drum hell or who knows. Dude, that, <laughs> that trash surface, you look like you're from a 1960s TV set, right? Are you, you got the SD? <laughs> you got standard definition over there? 
No way. <laughs> 1960s are really hot right now, man. Everything good comes 19... from the 1960s. <laughs> That's not true at Mad all. Mad Men. <laughs> the moon landing. <laughs> Dude, the moon landing was fake. Didn't you know? Come on. All right. Anyways. So hey, what ben, are you guys chatting about? Here, here's what I'm going to drop on you. Ben, did you so... know that Tarek used to do steroids in college? I never used to do steroids in college. What kind of steroids? Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. I here. won't lie. I was expecting oh. more of a jump from Ben on that. I was waiting for him to go like, "What?" Because I so well, badly wanted you to start. Listeners, not all of them know what I look like. They're probably like, Tarek, so I know he wasn't on steroids. <laughs> here's, the, <laughs> here's the thing. So me and James drove down to see Tarek a few weeks ago. Oh, I know. What you're and about. as we're driving down. Medicine Hat. James, I don't know, we were just chatting about all sorts of different things, and he's like, yeah, one time Tarek, oh, because he was talking about how Tarek was really big into online shopping before online shopping <laughs> was really a thing. I was ahead of the curve. Because <laughs> James was so annoyed that Tarek would buy underwear online. But this was back in like 2007, 2008. So like way before buying underwear online, it was a common thing. Or well, any, I mean, mail, mailboxes were right on campus. We have to go to them all the time. True. But the underwear True. store is in town. <laughs> <laughs> but but here was the thing. And so he's going, yeah, he used to buy all sorts of stuff online. He bought HGH online once. And I was like, hold on. Time out. Human growth hormone online. I'm pretty sure you have to get that from a shady dude at the gym. Uh, and I don't, I, I just didn't believe it for a second. I was like, Tarek would be way bigger. And he's like, no, it was like this spray stuff that he used to spray into his mouth. Yeah, so, under your tongue. I gotta be honest, it could not have been actual HGH, because there's no. no way you can just go online and buy that, especially like <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, it must it must have been something that said it stimulated HGH production in the body. I'm sure it was a scam that I just bought into. <laughs> <laughs> but Terry, tell them why you were trying to do this, because this was my favorite part. I'm certain I just wanted to get big, just get in shape. I thought it was for basketball season, you wanted to bulk up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, wasn't getting the gains I wanted, man. Listen, girls, that's for listen, sure. We had a couple years where we had like, uh, I don't know what you call it, but like dry land training, I guess. I don't know, like where we had set weeks or months before the season or during the season where we had to just straight up train. My, I got so much stronger, like you know, like an extra, I want to say twenty, thirty pounds on my bench press, which that's I thought was pretty good for a couple months. And it's just zero physical results. <laughs> I look exactly the same. Just zero results. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've ever been to the gym and guys be like, yo, you're pushing that? I was like, yeah, I know, right? Isn't that weird? But that's why I'm like, on the basketball court, like, I show up and they're like, oh, who's that short, fat, white dude? You can't do anything. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you can hit those threes? You can do that? I'm like, yep. There you go, I man. Can, well, I you can know, run up and down to... the court over and over and not get tired. Yeah, I'm yep. assuming. Yeah. yeah, man, you boys look so classy with your whatever drinks you have. Because then there's me, just my water. Yeah. Oh boy. I well, have you a know, Ben. Bottle too. You don't care about the environment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we recycle. Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> Should be in a paper box esque mm-hmm. uh, container. Who kidding? Well, they only sell those in Ottawa. Oh. They do sell those. I don't even know what you're talking about. Dude, oh, have you not seen um, Will Smith's got a water company? I think it's called Just Water. Oh, Just Water. That's Jaden. That's not and Will. It's, oh, it's definitely. Come on. Who do you think is bankrolling it? Come on. Get well, real. 
Aiden's brainchild. Uh, what? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's all like uh, cardboard or like paper box like containers. Oh yeah. There I thought you were because Trudeau, like when he was talking like really. Oh. In the Oh, yeah. Actually, it's like, oh, yeah, we use those Boxby, uh, 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 What a chump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, like, making this big announcement about all the climate change <laughs> stuff, and then a simple question, so what are you guys doing? Oh, shoot, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good topic to talk about, the, I don't know, duplicity or, you know, like, yeah, it's a frustrating topic for me. We should talk about that sometime, <laughs> the climate change policies and how effective they are. Yeah. Okay, well, let's anyway. jump into this. I wanted to nerd okay. out a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, did you introduce our guest and tell everybody about him? Dude, absolutely. Already got... Tarek, we've been recording for 12 minutes already. You've yeah, been a part yeah, of this for like have. five. Should have. I don't know if you have, though. Did you tell people who Ben is and what he's like? Well, he's been doing? on the show before. It's, wow. it's not like this is his first time. He's been a He's been a co-host while you were kind of a shady co-host in the past. So, so what you're saying is you didn't introduce him and tell people what he did, like what? Uh, not at all. No, we'll get expertise. there. Don't worry. Just <laughs> okay. Relax. My bad. My bad. All right. Grief. I mean, I feel like here's the thing. My thought was, and people are going to hear all this, but I know that you want to ask him a lot of questions about what he does, and so I figured I'll let you run the point on it, like you lead. I'll come in with a little witty banter like I'm like I'm good for. <laughs> and uh you know, I'll I'll maybe drop a question here or there, but um you know, maybe some questions that won't get him fired or anything like that. <laughs> and uh and you know, at that point I'll let you introduce him a little bit more if you'd like. We can break down what his position is, who he works for, all that sort of stuff. Okay. But I wanted to nerd out just a little bit. This has been killing me since yesterday. Because Apple came out with a new... They do a, a fall event where they always drop their new phone. Also, Apple, just lead off with the phone. You know what they let off with at this freaking keynote? Video games. They got this arcade Ooh. subscription that they're running through the hey. App Store. Which Games are big it, money. It's kind of cool, but... Did you watch the keynote? Absolutely, I did. How many How many Chinese games do they feature? I bet games are big in China. <laughs> I'm serious. You know what, Derek? Um, I don't know, but they, they were talking about how they're starting off with about 100. And they had multiple companies there showcasing. So Capcom, uh, Konami, uh, there were a couple other ones. But there were several Asian representatives of these companies, if that's what you're asking. Uh, no. I'm just saying, Apple's making a big play into China, and I think games are a big market over there. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. I mean, Anyways, that's keep where, going. I feel like that's where video games originated, is it not? China? Maybe Japan. I don't know. Either way, I was just interested. You keep going. Yeah. Anyways, so they let off with this video game, which, it's kind of cool, but like, I don't know, do people really play that many games on their phones? I couldn't believe you know, this. They're trying I'm to pitch a subscription service. For five bucks a month. And I was like, okay, it's reasonably priced, but I was like, I think I have one game on my phone, and it is solely for the purpose if I get stuck waiting for more than ten minutes to do something. Then I'm with you. I'll like play it's... a game on my phone. But it's not something I consume a lot of time on. 
It's pretty popular, man. I, I don't play games on my phone either, but a lot of people do. I just quickly did some Googling. China is the biggest mobile game market in the world. Um, I'm going to do mobile game market in North America. Um, but it's actually pretty popular. One of my coworkers, she's the millennial on the team. She always is the youngest person, and she plays Fortnite, but on her phone. She does not Ooh. have a console. She plays on her phone. So uh, it's hard to separate the game market from the um, mobile game market, but... Uh, That's okay. Yeah, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, they're dropping things like this. They're dropping their new TV service, which they had a trailer to the show or movie starring Jason Momoa. Which the trailer was really cool. The concept I didn't think was all that good, and so I thought, come on, Apple, you're joining the game too late. But was just original content they featured? Yeah, that's what they're trying to really showcase is a lot of their 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 original content. But here's the thing: so this is how they're trying to get their way into the streaming service market is it's $4.99 a month. So they're trying to undercut everyone else. I don't think they're featuring as much as a place like Netflix, Disney, Hulu, Crave, anything like that. But I think the interesting part is what they've tried to pitch is that if you buy a new iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, or MacBook, you get one year free of this Apple TV Plus. Okay. So they're trying to sell you on, we're going to give it to you for a year to make you try and fall in love with it probably. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be on board. Or maybe it forces you to buy another new device and then you get your next year and so on and so forth, right? It's five bucks a month for the streaming service. Yeah. But right. the incentive is just go and buy a new Apple device and you'll get So you get a new phone, you get a year free? Exactly. Oh, interesting. So a new a new phone, like I said, new phone, new iPad, new Mac, uh, or an Apple TV. Which an Apple TV is like two hundred bucks. So it's like, if you're already an Apple TV person or were intrigued to begin with to possibly purchase one, then it's like, might not be a bad investment. I mean, I have an Apple TV and it's great. Do I need to upgrade it? Probably not. But if I ever did consider it, then I, it might be one of the perks that I'm looking at is, I'll get a free year to try this out and see if it's actually worth five dollars a month. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the big thing is every, like, so many people, this is their upgrade cycle. There's a new Apple phone out. I bet you, I mean, I'm assuming old phones count, too. So you go to any mobile store, you buy yourself a new phone like you do every November, and all of a sudden you've got a built-in subscription to this service. So it's like they've got, I mean, don't they have, like, some of the highest phone sales in the world, if not the highest? They've got built-in users right there for all the upgraders this year. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, right? And That's huge. You know, some other interesting things. I won't bore you guys with too many of the details. Obviously, new iPad, watch, and uh, phones all dropped. And here was the craziest part. This is what actually shocked me. Forget all the technology advancements um, because 99% of the people watching that stuff don't even have a clue how powerful and how good that stuff is inside of an iPad or a new phone or a new watch. Mm-hmm. But the craziest thing to me was all of this upgraded technology and the prices dropped. Oh, really? On the lowest base model f- phone? So, yeah. So they are starting at six ninety nine American. Which, if anyone knows, okay. I believe it was last year's. They started at something like eight ninety nine American. Oh, is it that much? Wow! So a huge dip. 
Now, I don't know, kind of, I wonder if it's a lot of the ridicule that, you know, their their prices are just keep getting higher and higher. Um, we'll get back to prices in just a minute when it comes to phones, but for instance, the iPad Air that they just revolutionized. So the iPad Air currently, you can buy one. The lowest base model is 649. That's a 64 okay. gigabyte iPad. So now they just upgraded it to a 10.2 inch from a 9.7, you know, hit the whole inside with all brand new tech and everything else. And they dropped it by a hundred dollars. Oh, wow. To five forty nine is what you can buy those for. Really? Absolutely nuts. I would Absolutely be nuts. so mad if I bought one last year. Dude, <laughs> I, I would be so mad if I bought one like two weeks ago. Think of those Whoa, suckers. Well, I feel like if you bought one two weeks ago, you're dumb because you should never buy yeah. Apple products in August. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But, but I was just that's wild. I was blown away that everything's getting so cheap. And I was thinking to myself actually recently, I was like, man. I could do with an iPad upgrade. I'll just wait till the next ones come out. Maybe. Did you get the I'll... Pro? Uh, no, I don't. But yeah, I mean, kind of the Pro is probably for someone who's more who actually they uses use a Mac it as every their day. MacBook. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like they don't get a MacBook. They just get the Pro. You know, I. It's funny that their prices are going down because while that's good for us the consumer, I do think, you know, if I'm looking as an analyst at Apple, I'm like, oh, this was not good. They didn't have the sales to support the pricing like this is just signaling they needed more sales so they've lowered their pricing and it's actually you know what i mean yeah like it's wild that they're going the other way i don't know if that's ever happened for apple you know it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy but here okay so we'll get to the phones and then you know we'll we'll move on to chat with ben here but um if you haven't noticed yet the new iphone 11 pro has three cameras on the back okay and one is telephoto, the next one's uh, like Standard. a wide angle, and then like this ultra wide angle, which encapsulates quite kind of quite the area when you take a picture. But, you know, when we were talking about pricing, here's the craziest part. If you upgrade this Apple iPhone 11 Pro to its like absolute level, because of course it's the first thing I do anytime I go to see new products is I want to see how much can we actually make this thing cost. Um, you can run it up to two grand just for the phone itself. Like the 256 gig version of the biggest size no, or whatever? we're talking 512 gigs is what you can get in Wow, two grand. <laughs> that is wild. outrageous. I'm it's just going to go to the Apple website here and look yeah. at it in Canadian. Dollars. Half a terabyte of, me- or of space on this thing. It is crazy. So needless to say... um. Pretty cool upgrades. Uh, just, I mean, the camera technology is really where it's at. And, you know, I was talking to my friend Mason, friend of the show, Mason Unruh. Um, we were kind of geeking out about it because he's the only other guy who really gets into this stuff with me. And so him and I were chatting about it. And he was saying, because he's a big photographer. Um, for those that don't know, he takes photos for like a living. Like he's, he's a professional, makes money off of it. And um, he was telling me that, because I was kind of asking him like, with these kind of upgrades in Apple phones and Samsung and, and Google Pixel and stuff like that, like, is it even worth buying, you know, cameras anymore unless you're a professional like he is? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, to be honest, like, unless you're making money at it, um, it's really not worth buying, you know, uh, an SLR anymore. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, Apple, like, these kind of cameras basically make the point-and-shoot market obsolete 
because what's the point in in paying say 500 bucks for a little point and shoot camera when your iphone can take better pictures and it's already on your phone so you can post it onto your social media or whatever else you know there's there's no point to have an extra device uh especially when it's not nearly as good so that is the wild thing i think um yeah, there's this weird space where I for not iPhone, but like phone cameras have gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, no point in getting the shitty point and shoot camera. Definitely, just if you're getting a standalone camera, get the nice one because your phone will take similar pictures to the point and shoot. You know, or get a GoPro because you need, um, you know, you need the the waterproof or the durability or whatever. But don't. You know, like, I would be interested to see what the sales are like in that point-and-shoot market, but I would never recommend anyone do I that. feel I mean, like we, they're about to take a little bit of a dip, or they have been taking a significant dip for the last should. probably, like, four or five years, let's be real. Yeah, because, I mean, I like, like, these are great phones, obviously, great product that Apple's got here. The cheapest version of this phone in Canada is $980. Um, and right. then the base model of the most expensive one's, like, just over 1500 which is wild. Yeah. Um yeah. But I still think smartphones are kind of iterative every year still. You know, like they're making some cool software steps, which is which is sweet because, yep. you know, it's kind of like hardware. You know, like it's just like, okay, we're going to make a little bit better camera, a bit better screen, a little bit better. And then they're doing some interesting things with software because phones are just, I don't know, they're just good. You know what I mean? And so, oh, absolutely. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not like anything. I don't know. Every year it doesn't seem like there's nothing that's mind-blowing anymore. You know, it used you know to what? be like, what's going to happen? And this is exactly what Mason said to me last year, or last night. He said to me, he's like, I wish that they would take a year or two off from putting out a new model. Because yeah. then then there's that opportunity for them to make some huge jump in design or tech or something where something. it actually blows people's hair back. Not in Tarek's case, of course, but everyone else's that has hair. <laughs> uh, and actually blows their mind to go like, wow, this is actually revolutionary. Like This is an, a genuine step up, not just kind of like a shuffle. And, but the problem is, is that Apple's built this market where they put out a new phone every year and forced Samsung and Google to play ball with them and do the same. So now they can't really like slow down that cycle no, of they can't. of just also. Not I mean, doing it. For the longest time, I think Apple's trying to get away from this. They were like we call them Apple computers or Apple whatever, but yeah. it was like I want to say upwards of eighty percent of their income was from iPhone. So oh, it's absolutely. like you can't take a year off. From your most, no. you know, and, and they're trying to get away from that and build up the services revenue. They've got the video game and the streaming service thing, too. But it's like they're most of the revenue comes from iPhone sales. So oh, it's like their money maker is always going to be yeah. iPhones and iPads because it's like it's portable technology. That's what everyone's looking for right now. People yeah, aren't looking to be Apple. hunkered down into a certain space like desktops. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. with all that said, sorry, Ben, I know you're not a huge tech guy. I just had to nerd out a little bit to somebody. Are you getting a new iPhone? How then? crazy it was. <laughs> my, my new iPhone. It's right here. iPhone 7. I got that. Wow. Three, <laughs> three weeks ago? Yeah. Because I had the iPhone, uh, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. It was like the special one. It was like what small. What a peasant. The 3GS. Like the first uh, one they ever came out with? <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I was just using an iPod with Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, I still have my, like, I still, I think I, like, at my house, I use my, my, what were they called? Like, it, like, it looks like this, but it's like, it's not a phone. An, yeah, an iPod, iPod Touch? Yeah, an iPod Touch. I had, like, the second generation, 
that I still use. I listen to tunes from it. I had a backpack in Prairie, and it was old. (laughs) For everyone listening, we've graduated, I want to say it's close to 10 years now. (laughs) Ben was still rocking the the Motorola Razor before his iPhone 7. Bro, that thing was so waterproof. I remember doing a steam shower with the boys. The Razor? Uh, it wasn't with a razor. It was like uh, like similar to a razor, but the thing was pretty much waterproof. I just flipped it open and just like put it under the shower head. Really? Because yeah. it was definitely not marketed as waterproof. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't the razor. It was the secret feature. The <laughs> secret feature. <laughs> yeah. a little Easter egg no one else knew about. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Oh, All right, no. let's get into it. Ben Ben's about the last guy you want to talk technology with. He's still dragging his knuckles across the ground. Uh, I'll I'll lay down a good introduction. Uh, ben Price, great friend of both of ours. Um, went to college with him, uh, and I don't know. I guess Tarek, you played basketball with him his first year. I coached both of you chumps on the team. Made you guys and run Bob. up and down the court. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ben's now living in Southern Ontario, working for a great organization. I'll let him introduce it a little bit. Uh, has a lovely wife, a child on the way. Baby is due way. in a month Congratulations, or less. buddy. Yeah. Um, it's exciting stuff. Anyways, Ben, if did, you want to just kind of... Oh, wait. What are you going to say, T? I was going to say, did you get the invite to the baby shower? I got the invite on Facebook I, there. I it's in Ontario, so it's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to yeah. check I off that I was going invite. and see if anyone noticed that I said I was going to be going. <laughs> it's rude. His yeah. wife's going to prepare an extra set of food for you and then she's gonna be like where's maddie b <laughs> true. also She'll ben, you. here's a question for you though about that um What's... that was for like october 8th or 9th isn't it uh yes is that not like oh, right oh, oh. near your child's due date yeah it's uh my my summer basically like had its way with me so um there was yeah it, it just all of a sudden it's september and we're like well we got to do one in ontario or like southern ontario <clears throat> in niagara yeah. and we're doing one in like two weeks near where she was grown where she grew up so right. it uh wasn't ideal but the summer was just a gong show so um yeah it's we're, we're kind of close but i'm okay with that that's wild all right ben well i'll let you introduce kind of uh what it is that you do if you'd like uh feel free to let people know where you work, what your kind of job is, and then I'm going to let Tarek just kind of take her away with, with what he wants to get out. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, Ben. I'm uh, in YFC Youth Unlimited. Uh, it's the organization, organization I work for. It's a uh, Christian nonprofit uh, organization that works with uh, youth. Um, traditionally, we've, well, traditionally in the past, like, 20 years, is focused on uh, at-risk youth, but we slowly changed that to just youth in general. Um, our, our kind of motto is we see the hope and potential in every young person and whatever we do, whether it's drop in programs or other things, that's kind of what we, we live by is, are we instilling hope and instilling potential in these youth? Um, so that's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm in a high school coaching sports. I have drop in programs. We've got some new innovative things that I'm sure, uh, Tarek will ask uh, questions about, as he asks, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I do in a nutshell. Cool, man. That's our 
for our listeners, this is our insight into the not-for-profit world. Not-for-profits are a big part of the Canadian economy, the North American economy, and throughout most of the developed world. And so I think it's really interesting to get to talk to you, Ben, as as the guy. And what would your role be? Like, what's your title in, in um, your organization? Yeah, so I'm the Youth Center Director. Um, so we have a building here that is 10,000 square feet. And, oh. um it's uh yeah it's pretty large we're slowly growing into it i came into the scene i think four years into having it um they had purchased it and took a few years to renovate it properly and get it all going and uh to slowly fundraise and pay it off and so um we had direction um and we had some things we were trying to get to um when i came in i I was able to kind of be that padding to be like okay We've gotten it this far. Let me help. Let's help get it like a little further. Get a little more momentum. Um, but uh, yeah, youth center director is my role. Youth center director. Okay. Um, you know what? I have a ton of questions, but I thought we haven't had a guest for a while. I want to make sure our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So I'm gonna do some rapid fire questions. You just answer top of the head. Boom. What you think? Okay. I can't wait for these. Preference: texting or talking? Talking. Favorite day of the week? Uh, I don't care. I like them all. Favorite city in the U.S.? Buffalo. Buffalo, okay. Um, last song you downloaded? Oh. Or sh- um, actually, oh, I can't even think of it. Um, some kind of metal for working out. Some kind of metal for working out, okay. Uh, is your kid going to be a boy or girl? Or gender uh, neutral? Uh, we have no clue. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll let the child decide uh, when we see it. Um, okay. I got one to add on the end. <laughs> What's that? Um, how long does it take you to get ready? Uh, like two minutes. Okay. Is future Miss or little baby Price an accident or on purpose? Uh, half and half. Nice. Solid Snow <laughs> We had a lot. And of... What's that? We had a lot of snow days. Like my coworker is due two days before we are. Oh! <laughs> like the city shut yes. down. Yes, <laughs> oh, I love it. So we yeah. can trace. Like you guys are going to be the hospital is going to be packed. Are you saying everybody was stuck at home nine months ago? <laughs> it was like ice storm. Like we didn't do anything. Like everybody was at home. So do something. Yeah. Can I just point out? Can I just point out? Her his coworker is due two days early, which means Ben Swimmers needed to get off the couch and get moving a little faster. That's true. <laughs> or else you'd be right on time. <laughs> very true. All right, Matt, finish this out. What's the last quick question? Okay, one last question. Got this one from a from a would you rather? But here's my question: Who are you taking in a fight? Ten ten year olds or one hundred one hundred year olds? Oh, uh, I'll go ten ten year olds. Okay. Like, you ever met a hundred year old? You just look at them too long, and they're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> so why a... wouldn't you take them then? Why wouldn't I take them? Because they're going to die. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm with you. I would feel bad beating up an old man. I wouldn't feel as bad. No, pushing... I'm saying in a fight between the 10, 10-year-olds and 100, 100-year-olds, who wins Oh, the fight? I thought I had Sorry. to fight them. Who would oh, I no, 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 no. No, I take, yeah, I, I would choose. I'd be like, 10, 10-year-olds, let's, uh, let's just oh, yeah, run. 10, would 10-year-olds win. would beat up win. the 100, 100-year-olds. Yeah. Anyways. Derek, I'll let you carry on. All right, Ben. 
Now, you know, me and Matt, if you talk a little bit about finances and stuff, you know, people think not-for-profits and they don't always think uh, finances, but <sighs> I tell you, I'm on the board of a couple of not-for-profits and it's it's a big part of it, Yeah. right? So I know you had to initially, or I mean, ongoing, raise support for your position. Yep. How was that? Tell us about that. Uh, it was it was a good challenge. Um, it was something that, um, that I was... Uh, I, because I was familiar with the organization, and uh, my mom actually works here as well, okay. um, I was I was aware of what happens. Um, and if you ever work here in the summer, that's generally how you get paid as well. Um, so, I so had like seen, you guys do camps or something like that. What do you mean in the summer? Um, like when I was in high school and in, in college, like um, like in Ontario, I did get hired for the summer, and oh. so student grants would cover part of it, but I have to fundraise the rest. So I got a taste of it then, um, but uh, there, there's nothing um, like trying to sell something something to someone that's not tangible. Right. Uh, where I say, hey, um, as I did to both you boys, saying, hey, uh, so I'm going to work at this place. It's going to be awesome. This is what I'm going to do. Can you support me? And can you partner with me? Interesting. It uh, it, it definitely, it's, it's scary. Yeah. Well, I believe it. And fund development is always such a big part of being part of a not-for-profit organization, right? And it's like, how much of your time would you say is spent fun developing versus on the actual programming and interacting with kids? Um, the longer I've been here, the longer it's been fun developing. Um, when I started, that that's what they just have you do just for uh, just having your salary covered. But um, as, cause, because I, it, the interesting part is, um, my story with, like, with, uh, with non-profits especially was, um, my last or between my first and second year at Prairie, I was uh, a summer staff here. I, uh, I went to a meeting with one of my uh, satellite directors, who's my boss. And I actually like, um, I was there just to meet the guy and just to sit in the meeting. And before you knew it, like I was talking to him and I won this dude over, he, he owns like an ice cream shop and I was able to talk him into doing like a check swap for us so we could do an ice cream fundraiser. And I remember driving. Awesome. Away. And my boss, like, I didn't think anything of it. He's like, you had a knack for this. You want my job? I'm like, eh. he's like, no, I'm serious. Like, that was really good. And then went to Prairie for a couple of years, got hired by Prairie. And then uh, when I was the recruiter for Prairie, that was actually where I realized how much I actually liked it. Um, like Mark Maxwell, like the president, he would, uh, like, I would go to his, his office like many times after trips. And we just debrief and just talk about like, even though I wasn't fundraising as per se that way, fundraising the way like trying to get kids uh, or students there. Yeah, yeah. So that laid a baseline for me when I came to YFC because I I got hired in August, but I didn't finish with Prairie until December. So I had like four months where I was just fun developing, like without even realizing. Like I remember I came to your house. Uh, it was awesome. We went to Joey's. We got a ton of fish. Was it to Bottomless that day? Uh, I, I don't think it was bottomless that day, but it was good nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Like just talking, like just we have, like I wasn't there for YFC. I was there for Prairie and we we're just talking about what life was going on. And I didn't realize I was building this foundation. So when I came in January to start, I'm following up with people doing that. Um, and then I worked with the youth um, a lot, like just developing the programs. But I've been slowly trying to work myself out of a job in the way of like with the youth, because most people, when they go into youth work, want to work with the youth. And they hate the fundraising side. And so I've been taking more of that on. I find it very interesting. Oh, you like the fundraising. I do. It's it's okay. weird. Okay. Like, Good for you. <laughs> so 
it's something that I know that not very many people like to do, but I, I like the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And it's, and it's crazy how like, it's not meetings as much that are like doing the work. It's the relationships. It's literally like that, that saying like, it's all in who you know is so true. And I'm finding that over and over every day. Cool, man. You know what? I, I can tell right now if there's anyone who's an executive director or running a charity, they're just like, man, I got to get this guy on my team because we need someone who cares about whatever it is we're doing and <laughs> actually wants to raise money. It isn't burdened by the responsibility of actually funding the activities they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, changing gears a little bit. Uh, you know, we're all millennials. Me, you and Maddie B, we're millennials. And, and you're working with the next generation, Gen Z. So yep. when you say youth, you mean um, students, high school Yep. Uh, high school age kids right you're not not older not younger uh yeah our our working age is uh 13 and 19 right now okay now this is kind of a general question so you know what answer it however you want but like maddie and i talk a little bit about personal finance we have anyways in the past uh, quite a bit and yep. i think a lot of our listeners are probably in a similar age group this millennial age group how do you think the youth you deal with view money differently than the way you do like, what would you, is there anything you've noticed that you're like, you know what, that is, this is something this generation does that I don't know that anybody does. <laughs> uh, I, the, the only thing I can think of really would be maybe um, that uh, that's a tough one. Um, Cause I, I don't think they realize like how much the things they like cost. Okay. Uh, I think parents are a lot more willing to give more expensive technology to their, to their children, whether that's a good or bad thing is, is uh irrelevant but like i feel like that's one of the big things and the other thing is and this is actually kind of helping us direct what we do is um because of that i'm like most of the youth i work with like like don't are pretty lethargic like in the way of physically like they don't move they, they want to sit there um on their <laughs> they don't the, move it's, it's so true like, like, <laughs> it's that's oh that's the best gosh. way to describe it like they're great kids but like I don't know, even when we go to camp, like I don't play like sports with them because like they're exhausted from like a full day of just walking around. Oh, they don't want to play sports? But like the average, like the average student, like like if you were to walk into my drop-in on Friday night, you have kids playing uh, werewolf, which is like an equivalent of mafia. But okay. uh, so you got like a bunch of kids like on the couch doing that. You have other kids playing video games. Our most popular system right now is actually the N64. Nice. Because I told you, next generation is doing all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the other ones are drawing. Like, there's, like, we have a basketball net out back, and none of them play. Really? Yeah. I I did not go outside once this this drop in year, like, for Fridays. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, do you, I mean, I guess obviously this is just maybe a demographic thing. I don't know if kids are playing less sports or more sports, but generally you see them, and I can see this, not being as willing to do physical labor, even if it is for fun. Yes, it's. Uh, I know. I definitely know it's a demographic thing as well. Um, living in Alberta, I saw a little different, uh, especially like in Three Hills or smaller towns. That uh, there's there's a bit more willingness to do physical labor. Um, and the interesting part about like demographically in Niagara is we do have one of the higher uh, um, unemployed rates in Ontario. But right. the irony is, we have such a strong migrant worker, like, like uh, economy, like hundreds of migrant workers are up here. When you say migrant, do you mean from other parts of Canada? Do you mean like foreign workers? Foreign oh, yeah, okay. Foreign, yeah, yeah. Where 
the church I go to even has like a full, like they have like a service for them. They have a, like a whole medical system for them. But like, it, it, so it's very interesting because that, that unwillingness to do physical labor, like when people say there's no jobs, there's definitely jobs out there, but we're not willing to work them. Interesting. Yeah. So, and that's actually kind of the, the latest thing we've been doing. Cause, cause right now, like when it comes to finances, like this building costs us a million dollars to okay. um, purchase, renovate, um, to get to where it's at. And we're finding that um, as like the baby boomers are starting to die off, that their, their approach to money is different than millennials. And so as they're dying off, our monthly kind of support isn't as strong. Um, but I think it's partially because we don't know how to engage with the millennials on how to get their support. Um, and so we're trying to figure out different ways of what that next approach is, because it was easy, like I said, for the millennials to be able to approach them saying, this is the good cause that you're going to support. You should support it. And you can give them a story They're like, you know what, this is great. I'm in. Okay. But I, there's so many things that have come out from like larger charities where you break down where their finances are actually going. And that, that puts like this kind of distrust with like, like nonprofits where you're like, okay where's my money actually going? If I give a hundred dollars, is that hundred dollars actually going to where it's supposed to, or is it going to like the CEO's like, like bank account? Salary. And yeah. you see more distrust coming from millennials or Gen Z? Uh, I would say millennials. Um, really? Yeah. More just, than the boomers. Yeah. Uh, the boomers, like they're, they're a bit more, and you can see like, even like, like I'm in St. Catharines and like, there's, uh, another satellite near us in a smaller town that would have more millennials and, and they they have more monthly support than we do, which is fine. Um, but like, we're we're trying to figure it out. So what we've come to is uh, actually we've got ourselves a food trailer. Um, okay. So it's it's a oh, two food trucks are so popular right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's a it's something that like we've been talking about for a little bit, just because I'd found the best like impact and conversations I'd had with my youth were working side by side with them doing something. Um, but you had to get them there and get them set up and in that mindset. And I watched some real results. So we figured, how can we couple that with some like some practical ways of making money ourselves? Um, so we got ourselves a food trailer. We paid it off this year. Um, so essentially, we go get contracts. Um, the biggest one we got this year was Ribfest. Um, so a few thousand people come through that. And we were able to, this is our baseline summer. We use that where we made money. We're able to pay our youth that we're working hourly. Um, we're giving them those life skills, especially those physical labor skills, because we know where to find those jobs. Yeah. It's just trying to get those youth to be like, hey, I'm not too good for this job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, at, and to me, that's actually the way to the millennial's heart is, is saying ribs. like, oh, yeah, ribs. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's their guy. But to their heart is saying like, we're not just uh, saying something. We're doing something. Like we're in the community. We're we're engaging like practical ways of working with these youth. And this is how this is practically what you can get from um, from supporting us. So I think there's a bit more practicality needed for millennials than just and like. You know, and that's cool because I hear you say that. And initially, I was thinking, well, maybe it's not a good thing. But it kind of sounds like you know, depending on how the not-for-profit or the charity response it's it can be an opportunity for a creative or interesting way for a not-for-profit to further engage with their community and sort of adjust the way they do things because you're still re meeting youth you're still doing a valuable service maybe change a little bit because 
yeah, to make sure it worked for the millennial generation, but it's still valuable and it's still it's still useful. Yes, yes, and that's that's the interesting part is that the um, the uh, ooh, ooh, I just blanked on them. Who, not the millennials, the the older. Gen Z. Yeah. Oh, older no, boomers. Yeah, the boomers. The boomers had this uh, mentality of if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. So we've got these buildings, and you can see it in like other places too. We've got these like great buildings, but you isolate yourself when you're in that building. So as, and, and when you isolate yourself that way, then like funds dry up because you're not in the community. But the tough part right now is that so many people have these buildings when they start um, that they're, they're like, okay, I got to do these things in these buildings. And then when they look around, they're like, where is everybody? Well, it's because you're in your spot and you're expecting them to come. If you have no relationship with them, how are they ever going to come? Right. So, so by going, so that's like anybody that gets hired with us, the new rule is you're partially in the youth center, but then you're also in the high school. And we're gonna, we have tons of high schools around here. Um, we have like five or six that we primarily get our youth from. So I want to fill those high schools with like our volunteers and yeah, and with people. Yeah. yeah. And then doing that, um, my boss has also lived this out. He's in the Rotary Club um, and just being in the community. Um, the, the coolest thing was, when, like I said, Rib Fest. Not only were we doing the um, the, the barbecue or uh, the hamburgers at our food trailer, we were cleaning up the garbage and we were monitoring the inflatables. Mm-hmm. And these kids that were there, we all had the bright red Youth Unlimited shirts on. And so there was about 30, 35 of us at once like in the park that like the Rib Fest was. So people were asking, who are you guys? What are you doing? And they're seeing youth actually doing physical labor. And so it's the, that practicality. Yeah, it was huge because I've I've done that quite a few years now. Never had anybody ask who we are. The moment we had like, yeah, all three of those where we have thirty plus, completely different story. Hmm. So it's so I guess like yeah, financially wise, it's I guess that's like the very like when it comes to nonprofit, that's the where we're finding is like it's not as much just talking to the businesses as actually being in the community so that that they see that we actually. We're backing up what we're talking about. We actually care about the community, not just our building. That's cool, man, because, you know, when as I listen to what I'm hearing, and this is, I don't mean it to be cynical or be reductive, but it's like, if you're chasing the money, that's the millennials, you know, and it, <laughs> yeah. it's forcing you to do different things in a good way. So it's like, if a charity is like, where's the money? How do we get these people to donate? You end up doing things that are innovative and new and interesting. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to say chasing the money is always the best thing, but I am trying to say like, that actually, that actually really makes sense. As I listen to you describe how buildings were the previous thing, and now we need to be out in the community and doing things that are a little more creative. It's like that's a hundred percent. Like, I don't know, the millennial me that's like, oh, that sounds way better than trying to. Do you know what I mean? Like, that sounds oh, awesome yeah. compared to having a giant building that I have to go to or that someone has to go to. That's that literally sounds a million times better. Um, yeah. And I know younger people even more would identify with that, and it's. And I mean, maybe it's exaggerating, but it's like, because you were saying, how do we get millennials more involved? How do we get younger people more involved? How do we get them to donate? This is what they care about. And this is how we reach them. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's literally like going to where people are. And like, that's the that's the approach we're doing with the youth, like being in the high school. And that's the other thing. You're in a high school. How much does it cost for you to be there? It doesn't. Like nothing, right? Yeah. And like, it's like, like, I can get like the best we've had, like we can get 40 on a Friday night. How many kids are in a high school? Yeah. 
minimum 300 exactly. like so you and like i so what's cool is like i'm in the high school i i coach kids that are completely different than the youth in the, like the the drop-in but I, when i know they go to the high school i'm like hey keep an eye out for me i'll be looking for you like in the halls like when i'm there for coaching and i see so many of them throughout the week just uh, and i know all the teachers so i can be like hey how's like your classes and stuff and they know that i actually know the teachers so i'm in their world not just mine and that's nice. the same kind of approach for millennials like when it comes to fundraising one of the biggest proofs of that is at least around here i came back from alberta i noticed that like the volleyball community had exploded and i in thought st catharines niagara yeah in the niagara region and i had, so our three major fundraisers are we have a gala we have um, a golf tournament and we have a bowling ter- tournament. Oh, those all sound great. Yeah, yeah, the gala and the golfing are fun, um, and I, yeah, so I'm heavily involved in those. But like, I, I struggled with the bowling, just because, like the the breakdown is like we're trying to make thirty with the gala, like fifteen for the golf tournament, and then uh, five thousand for the um, for like the bowling thing. I can't get bowlers. But no, what I said, I started realizing like there's lots of volleyball players and we need to get because when you look at our demographic of who's coming to the golf tournament, who's coming to the gala, galas 40 plus all couples, golf tournaments, all middle age old men, which is great. But where are the 20, 30 and early 40 year olds? They're mm-hmm. not. There. I bring in the volleyball tournament. This is the third year. It finally caught on and we made four grand like, from a volleyball tournament. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. And it's and it was like a super fun day, super competitive. Like we had college one play. day. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and it was just like it was just relational building, working with like partnering with the high school that I'm with, just like pr- covering costs and things like that. So like, it's something that like, and now it's like, where my the youth that I'm working with in the high school, they're they're running into these players in the community, and it's it's pretty crazy. That just yeah, you just go to what they're doing and be creative on how to, yeah. The funds are out there. It's just you can't be stuck gotta in find them. If I gotta find them. You know, um, and maybe you, you can't speak to this, but what would you say to charities who are struggling with fundraising? And you know, obviously, I'm leading you to what you just said, but <laughs> um, what would you say is going to be the biggest change in the way? big charitable organizations sort of operate if as you've seen like if you're chasing the money and i hate to describe it that way but you know what i'm trying to get at if you're chasing the money and trying to be effective that way how do you see big charities having to change i think it's just how they approach relationships um just and i think getting out of your building um and in assessing your region, like if you were like a like a charity for a specific region, there's going to be things that are specific to that area that they're going to enjoy, um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing is is don't be afraid to think outside the box. Um, start thinking about because like millennials, like we're not so young anymore. Like I'm true, 34 true, yeah. in a couple of weeks. Like that's not yeah. that old. Like or not that young. Um, but that's probably the big thing. And I think also owning the fact that like, like you, you've called it chasing the money, but without that money, you don't run. Yeah. Like, like I, like this, this spot in position has made me realize that there's absolutely nothing you do in this world that does not cost money. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. Like if you own that fact and, and you're I'm trying to think unapologetic about it, 
like and you're not being like ridiculous with your resources like but it's okay to be unapologetic about the fact that like like i i own the fact that for us to run this building salaries and everything it costs us two hundred thousand a year so trying to find that two hundred thousand every year is the challenge and the yeah. fun it's a fun challenge to me um but, that's cool but just, i like that too i like your attitude because i've definitely heard the other way around where you know, the, you know, churches or other not-for-profits will see the money drying up because their generation, the way they did things, is not being as effective, and they blame, they'll blame ah, these millennials aren't generous, or man, these people they're just, you know, not appreciative. They don't understand these programs. They don't care about the things we care about, and it's like, no, you're, what you're doing, is not effective. Maybe, you know, your overarching principle, what you're here to do for the community is still good, but the way you're doing it is no longer effective. And that's okay, but you need to have this attitude of like, okay, where, how do I do this? How do I do this in a, in a new and better way? I like that better than always assuming that the next generation is just shittier than the previous generation and doesn't care about, you know what I mean? And so I like that. I think a lot of charities could learn from that attitude. Yeah. Cool, I, man. I think the best way to describe it like in that sense, the way you're wording it is millennials will pay for an experience. Yeah. You get the experience, like the volleyball tournament. It's a great experience. Got them t-shirts, got tunes pumping all day, had a well-oiled, like like nothing, like no hitches, anything like that. They're coming back. Nice. Uh, and it's going to grow. And that's the same with like the food trailer. We give them a great experience, whether it's a lunch for like your work, where we're coming with it, or it's, yeah, like a carnival, like anything like that. We're giving you an experience people are willing to pay for experiences and if that so maybe that's the best way to describe it if nonprofits are willing to figure out how they can shift from just trying to talk people and or trying to win people over through talking and giving them an experience that is minuscule in cost but they're willing to pay for it like that's that's probably your my best advice i like it man i like it that's going to be great advice for any not-for-profits listening what do you think maddie Dude, I think all of that is gold, and I think you hit it right on the head right there, Benny, is working towards um, kind of fulfilling whatever your audience is chasing after, right? Like you just said, millennials are looking for that experience. Me and Tarek have talked before about experiences versus like material items. We have. And yep. it, it doesn't have to be some lavish experience. It just has to be something that they can get behind and go, you know what, I can do this year after year because it's something I'm into. It doesn't take up a lot of my time doesn't take up a lot of my financial resources but it's something i can support and it you're you're selling them on a good time mm -hmm. and that's what everyone's chasing after is just a good time right who doesn't yeah. regardless of your your situation whether you're single married you have kids whatever you are everyone loves a good day out or a good night out yeah. and so i i 100 think with targeting the millennial audience for fundraising it's all about getting creative with those experiential activities so maybe it's building some sort of event where it's like a date night for for young couples or uh i don't know whatever it might be like you like you guys have your gala it's like is there any way you can build off of that to set up some sort of second event like that not necessarily so focused on fundraising and everything but something where people can get out the house and and go and enjoy three to four hours um, supporting yeah. you guys and, and giving them good entertainment while they're, while they're there. Right. And, and I'm yeah. with you, you know, bowling, it's a bit of a tired sport. Let's be real. 
who goes bowling on a regular basis unless you didn't grow up True. playing it? Like nobody just jumps at the, you know, on Friday night, guys aren't sitting on the couch going, hey, you know what we should do? Let's go bowling. Like get out of here. Uh, yeah. But but if it's, hey, let's go play volleyball against, you know, 30 other people or whatever it might be, then it's like, yeah, let's go and have a full fun Saturday of playing volleyball all day. Like, yeah. That sort of thing sells, and and that's the thing you have to play to your market, which is exactly what you guys are doing. And uh, I mean, I can only applaud you guys. Like that's that's really smart to be thinking outside the box. Having you know, food trucks are incredibly popular in today's society. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. So the food trailer is a smart move, and I like what you were really saying, is. Ben. And this is something I would encourage you to think about: is trying to find a way to do corporate gigs with that thing. Oh yeah, finding a way. To sell, not CEOs, but just like offices, whether it's accounting offices or lawyers' offices or banks or whatever it might be, and say, hey, we'd really love to be able to cater a lunch for you guys. Is that something you guys do? Because I know that like my office, I guarantee they would jump at that kind of opportunity and be like, yeah, you know what? We'll we'll provide lunch for all of our employees on a Friday afternoon or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you guys show up with the food cart. We all sit outside or whatever enjoy some lunch we hear a pitch from you maybe a hat goes around and everyone donates you know what i mean not an actual hat but um yeah. you know donations <laughs> take place and then you're not only being able to provide a service that people are into but you're also like leaving a footprint in terms of like you just said with the rib fest people notice who you are they started to inquire about what you guys are about and that's how you kind of get that ball rolling and, and become more and more of your community mm-hmm. i like it and, and so I, I think there's a lot of lot of value in there. So, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I, I'm a little disappointed at how stereotypical a millennial I am. Like, all the stuff you talk about just sounds awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I totally value experiences. Yeah, I love food trucks. Yeah, I am a millennial. I but thought I was thing, unique, man. but I'm just like all my peers. <laughs> nah, dude, you got to target your audience. You got to find what they're into and just go for it and i think that's exactly what you guys are doing um you know i know that you've been even talking about like the rib fest stuff for the last few years and it's like those are even becoming more and more of a popular thing yeah is having a festival built around some sort of like food item or whatever right but yeah i love it and i mean like you know every in the summertime all the food trucks and our little town, Medicine Hat, will congregate in one place. And me and Brittany have oftentimes been like, well, that's where we're going to go for lunch. Yep. Is it really that different than going to the mall food court? No, no. but it feels cooler. Yep. <laughs> darn right it does. You're darn right. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, this is great. We can all get what we want. And it's a food truck. So it sounds like, yeah, this is awesome. But it's like, you could go to the food court and do the same thing. It's probably a little more comfortable. But it's an Everybody's... experience, Derek. Exactly. And it's like, as a millennial, I'm like, food court versus food truck area always choose the food truck area oh for sure even though not that different so yeah man that's good be nimble now for profits be willing to change don't blame the community for not participating in the things you're doing because people haven't changed that much it's just you got to engage with them in different ways yeah yeah well ben I don't know. Should we Appreciate wrap up? It, we're we're at a yeah, we're at an hour. So. But Ben, uh, thanks so much for coming on, coming to share with us what you do, um, and kind of the not for profit community. Love it. Yeah, and if you're part of a not for profit, start taking these ideas down. These are literally things that anyone can do. Ben does this with like a staff of five people, and an incredibly great volunteer base, which 
you know, I'm sure most not-for-profits have that sort of thing. Um, and uh, so you like, heard, take advantage of it. Gen Z, Gen Z kids are just lazy. So you know, he's he's <laughs> still doing it with those lazy Gen Z kids. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, maybe it, we it's... shouldn't paint them that way because if they listen to this, Derek, I don't want them to think that like Ben some dirtbag for calling them lazy. They're not lazy. They're just different. They're they're different than how we grew up. Their their yeah, priorities are in different areas. Don't work as hard and don't care about it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Derek single-handedly trying to destroy your entire ministry. No big deal. There case. you go. Real. <laughs> so, like, what's all right, that old folks. man say about me? That's what they'll say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. Well, it's been a slice, uh, and we will talk to you next week. Hit you guys later. School me to the game. Now I know my duty. Stay humble. Stay low. Blow like hootie. True pimp. Finna dough on the hootie. Yeah, we go mainstay. Go your cutie.